0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard.
1: Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Claire Carroll from Accenture.com. And she's here to talk about uh, our report they recently did. So good morning, Claire. How are you
0: doing? I'm good, Ronan. How are you?
1: Great, thanks. And tell us a bit about your background.
0: So my background, um, I originally studied marketing in college. I've always been passionate about understanding communication and how people interact with media primarily. Uh, and so um, I held a number of roles um, across the kind of digital media strategy uh, type world in agencies and client side, um, and then joined the DOC, which is really exciting in terms of being able to continue some of that work.
1: Now, recently, you launched a report about putting the human uh, first in the home. What were some of its findings?
0: So, yeah, we were looking at... um, The reason for the the piece of research was um, that many... our clients and industries were coming into us, particularly in telecommunications and utilities and asking us, what does the future home or the smart home look like in terms of the the technology that's going to be used, the type of technical architecture that they may need to build in order to be building the right things for consumers? And so we did a few um, uh, research projects in that area and then very quickly learned that actually we were looking at a through the lens of technology and what we really needed to do was almost reset um, and look at it purely from a consumer perspective and so that was the um, project that we started last year um, and uh, we took an ethnographic or contextual inquiry approach uh, to the research which was very exciting um, and uh, and meant actually getting up close and personal with an awful lot of customers um, from from a, from a global perspective to understand what is it that they need and want in terms of smart home technology um, and how do they feel about many of these types of devices and intelligent systems um, that they're bringing into their homes and so we found that, that that to be much more beneficial in terms of helping clients and industries with insights around what did it, what is it that consumers want and how do they want to actually um, uh, use some of this technology in their lives.
1: Yeah and you found that uh, all the people over 65 and one client with be in technology, why was that?
0: Um, So, the people over 65, yeah, did show a significant level of trust and positivity uh, with technology. Um, I think... You know, if I look back over the last kind of twenty years of of that type of cohort in terms or that age group, uh, in terms of the adoption levels of internet-based technologies, um, all the way from you know desktop, laptop, through to mobile, and and where we are now, uh, I think in the earlier stages it was it was quite difficult as a user experience. Yeah. You know, the processes were difficult, the hardware was a little bit challenging at times, um. And so with the advent of, um, from a software and hardware perspective of kind of user-centric technologies, I think a lot of these types of technologies and experiences have become so easy to use that there is no longer those barriers and challenges that exist. And so the adoption levels are higher. Um, So I think that is one critical reason why they have greater positivity and trust. And I also believe that it's of apparent that with the nature of you know urbanization and people living further away from perhaps their their parents or their grandparents there's a need for that level of connectivity and so there's a want and a need to be video and skyping or facetiming or whatever it is with your loved ones or your friends and your community so it's a wonderful way for that age group to to be connected and historically they haven't always been included to the same extent in terms of consideration so um, I think those two factors are what's driving that level of positivity uh, and trust and and they're um yeah they're they're remarkably adept at using it
1: and i guess because technology now is more like touch screens easier to use than 20 years ago
0: yeah absolutely i mean literally at the touch of a swipe or just a you know um a button it's it's so easy for them suddenly to be in uh, a living room with their with their loved one or their friends or whatever it is so i mean you know if you think about um text messaging was you know a, a dream at the advent of the mobile um, mobile phone era uh, back in the 80s when you know the first one was launched and with the advent of 2G came the possibility of SMS and nobody anticipated with you know 3G what yeah. GPS location would do and so as we look to the horizon of 5G potentially yeah. um you know I think it's it, it is kind of fascinating in terms of what those experiences can be and what they can do for people at a really positive level um, um, so so yeah it's the, that ease of use is absolutely critical because
1: remember years ago I, first, I saw on TV the first ads for camera phones and I kept yes. thinking who needs a camera phone at all I thought it was a dumb idea Yeah. but now it's come so encompassed in our lives that we'd be lost without it
0: absolutely and you know now what we're seeing is the, um, the earlier days of um, image based search and so merely by look you know, scanning a product or, or an item, you can, you know, run an immediate type search for it could be to buy something, it could be to find something that looks like it. So in a similar way to how you would input a search term, um, that's now gonna be replaced by just Look, uh, having a camera lens scan over something and immediately um, you know that reference uh, result can be given to you so it's fantastic and
1: I guess now we're in the age of Instagram so everyone's if every the photograph is going on Instagram or based or Facebook
0: yeah I mean image <coughs> image based um, Visual type content has just—I uh, remember, you know, going to Content as King conferences twelve years ago, and the nature of, you know, creating video, the cost, the overhead cost of having an internal content marketing team, and publishing, and bandwidth costs and production costs, and I mean, it's just—it's like the price of batteries. It's yeah. just come down so fast that now it's just everyone has it. To hand in, the, in in their pockets. So we are really living through that kind of age of, of image based communication.
1: And years ago, there was a thousand words. And if you just think of that right now, one picture can tell you a lot more than a paragraph
0: can. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 so powerful. Um when you look at how people are consuming uh, various different type of media and we saw that even in the report in terms of the um the you know the nature of, you know, I suppose uh TV streaming yeah. uh, and that type of service and how that's evolved and how there's so much content at, at the ready for um for all these different types of audiences. If you look
1: at years ago Netflix that was just basically you rent a movie or DVD and that was it. Now they've got making their own content.
0: It's changed. Yeah, it's it's changed significantly. Um, and I think, you know, we saw that a little bit in, in, in the report in terms of how people want, you know, from their home perspective, you know, the priorities are kind of comfort, safety and, and control. And I suppose the, the, the nature of indulging in that kind of level of content is the comfort yeah. side of things. And then there are inevitably, you know, um, the uh, folks with um, with children who, who are concerned in in some to some degree about the the nature of how much usage and um, their kids have when it comes to uh, watching TV or being exposed to an awful lot of technology um, all the time at home. So it is a consideration certainly for um, for parents with kids.
1: Yeah, and because uh, I know that uh, sometimes you, you get kids and they're certainly they're, they're watching stuff on YouTube and on on, on a small device. Yeah. And you're just worried how is that going to affect the long term the, the, the when the, when the eyes get older how is the eyes going to get used to that
0: yeah and I think what came out in our report certainly was that um while you know everyone I think accepts <coughs> broadly that uh you know the this techn- a lot of the smart home technology is um is uh is Useful and exciting in many ways. There are definitely, um, you know, the younger kind of cohort did express their kind of fear around, uh, you know, devices, the usage of devices, and how much devices and systems are learning about them. And so I think it's incumbent on, um, you know, brands and in the industry to play their part in in making sure that um that that o- that those audiences understand uh exactly you know what kind of data is being used about them um but also to help them in terms of maybe not always. Uh, being so switched on and, yeah. and, and engaging content all the time.
1: And as I guess how do we reassure younger audiences at best want technology that, that is good to use and safe to use?
0: Yeah I think um, there's there's lots of different angles I think to tackle this from. Um, <clears throat> we were a little bit surprised <coughs> excuse me that um, that that younger audience did express um, you know a higher level of fear um, and mistrust. Uh, to some extent but um i think the ways in which um it you know, brands and companies can can help uh, defuse some of that is by being more explicit in uh, in in how their data is being used, yeah. and so that level of transparency by way of the value exchange. If, if you're consuming something, then you know here you go, you can have it, and here's what we're you know here's what we're getting as a result of you engaging yeah. with this. And so there are very simple ways that brands and companies can be that bit more transparent. And I also think that the nature of you know. Um, uh, trying to keep people overly engaged you know i think it, it's important that companies and brands address that and and kind of think through should we be always trying to get people to consume more or should we actually be cognizant of the fact and be transparent with them and say you know actually you know time for a break and we just talked before you started recording about how many notifications you know we get or you get from um particular types of devices to tell you to do things at certain times and so using the same type of principles around um how to help people in terms of understanding what's what's happening when they consume content as well as um helping them maybe disengage
1: a little bit now i know also as well that i've seen in the past a feature in the home and it changed. Like, I was at a, every year I go to the your Home show, and every past two, or three years, Harry Norman does a showcase on them. And the first year they did that, all the technology that was uh, IoT based technology was out in the open. You could see it, everything else, and it was there. And this is what it does, and you can see it. Second year, it was, it was hidden, and I asked them, Where is it? Oh, which but you don't see, it, because it's so encompassing the home, you don't see it. So, for example, the first year they had this, uh, this, uh, this washing machine that could link to your phone. Mm. And it was saying top smart technology, so it would like to tell you on it that it linked your phone. So if you're uh, out and you come back in about an hour or two's time, you can set it to to to, to uh, work. A bit like a one of those kind of uh, slow cookers. It yeah, works a yeah. bit like that process. So I said that's great. And then said so the second year they showed me this this new fridge, that was all that was connected fridge. So when you open the fridge up, there was cameras in it, and it could tell you. The cameras would actually look in the fridge and tell you what food was in there, and what wasn't there. So if you're shopping, it would tell you, your need milk. Or will tell you you've got these products here in the fridge if you buy something else you can make this dish Mm -hmm. and then that can actually link into the oven so Mm -hmm. if you you go and buy something it will know what temperature the oven should be at so when Mm -hmm. you come home the oven's already set so you just put it in the oven yeah Yeah. and that kind of stuff and i'm thinking (coughs) a year ago we didn't get now you're getting that technology and it's 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 basically hidden away and how do people are they how are they going to be reassured that that this is not isn't a bad thing
0: yeah, and it's um, it's definitely, it's definitely been an explosion, certainly in m- much of uh, these appliances coming to market with you know new and improved type of connected um, capability, um, and I think one of the things that came out of our report was um, you know, that people. Understand and know that those products are are coming to market and are um, kind of excited by to some degree a novelty factor yeah. associated with it, because the the issue is that they don't always perceive the value associated with what that um, the what the price might actually yeah. be or the the value proposition, and so. I think it's 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 a case of at the moment a lot of um, a lot of brands and companies are embedding a lot of these um, uh, technologies into the traditional type appliances, and yet consumers are struggling to see the value of it being all connected. Um, and there's usually a premium price, certainly at the moment, yeah. uh, given the nature of where the industry is at um, for those types of appliances. And I think. Most consumers were explaining to us, and certainly in terms of the research, that um, they feel that it's kind of ad hoc; that the experience is quite clunky when they look at you know the different types of devices that are connected. Um, And so, I think uh, it's going to take probably a few years. I think this is this is kind of normal. I think when you look back, even on other eras, such as you know the advent of electricity and new types of technologies that come in, Um, it's very common at this stage in the kind of hype cycle uh, that everything goes to market suddenly with that technology um, and so I think over the next few years we're going to see um, probably consumers determine what what is it that's actually of value um, uh, by way of utility how they want to actually use these things to your point um, how much of this do they want in the background invisibly yeah. but they know that it's invisible and they understand how it's working and so that came kind of very strongly out of our report as well Um, that they they're they're happy to invest in it if they perceive that value um, by way of understanding how it's working in the background as well as accepting that you know the, the economic price of it is, is fair and reasonable yeah it's like
1: basically 10 years ago the cloud was everywhere but it wasn't as as it is now mm. so in 10 years time it'll be the same thing it'll be in your pocket and you won't know it's there
0: yeah, it's, um, and, and that's, it. you know, you see that all the time, even with um, the nature of how some of the voice assistants operate, you know, and the, the advent of what is going to be the same type of operating systems um, probably, uh, well, I think already being integrated into uh, some, you know, some cars and auto brands yeah. and, and, you know, so essentially it's one operating system. That that is, um, the e- you're, you're going through your daily, weekly, monthly yeah. life, um, and depending on what context you're in, it is all integrated.
1: Yeah, and yesterday was a launch of Virgin Media launch, I think, called Smart Wi Fi, which launched, I think, end of this week. And what it does is it determines how many devices you've got in your home, and it tells you which, which ones are slow and which are fast. So the ones that are old technologies, it knows they're slow, they tend to use more bandwidth, mm. but they found a way that they can actually make sure they only use what it needs. Yes. So if you got like a, a whole cricket house, and you got some like a using something like a toaster that's connected toaster, or something like that, it knows that that device is not used too much. So what'll do? They'll work in the background, mm. but it'll use less Wi-Fi bandwidth than uh, say your your TV or your laptop.
0: Mm, mm, yeah, I think that that kind of need for control is is really important, um, and you know something that loomed large in the research as well was people seeking. Uh, a level of control around how to understand the devices in the home to what extent they're being used um how they're integrating uh and i so i think that's um that, that that's great that you know that we're seeing more and more kind of smart wi-fi or mesh wi-fi come online
1: yeah and also you're talking about that uh, is we use more in the home where does your future of smart technology in the home
0: <laughs> yeah the million dollar billion dollar question maybe um it's it's I mean, it's very difficult to know where it is. I don't think um I don't think we'd like to, to future gaze it per se. Um I do think that it's important that we prioritize delivering convenience for consumers yeah. but enabling them to also um, uh, understand how their data is being used um, in order to build that trust, because trust was something that was, um, you know, it was uh, as as we said, it was higher in the older age group, uh, but um a lot lower in the younger. And so trust is obviously the cornerstone of you know all those types of relationships. And so it's it's hugely important that um that I think increasingly brands and companies as they think about how they're going to go to market to offer new service and product propositions around the connected home um then i think that's got to be paramount in how they how they how they design for that yeah. um and how they give consumers more autonomy and kind of control around uh, what that looks like so um i think there's a number of things uh that uh, variables that you know are determined in terms of the, the future of the smart home the advent of 5g is obviously something that uh, the industry is 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 talking a lot about at the moment um and to what extent it will come into um the large markets and and be rolled out at a prolific level um yeah. I think that's still got to be determined um and so the kind of promise uh, or utopia of of iot i don't think is fully predicated on 5g being pervasive but i do think much of what of the use cases are today as they're predicting i think it, it may be necessary for that um edge type technology so um so yeah so i think and i do think that the nature of um you know the future of mobility the future of work are both going to play a large uh, role in, in influencing what the smart home actually looks like because we even saw that in the report in terms of how people want to spend are are spending more time at home because of the nature of virtual working yeah. um and uh, and obviously there's there's quite a lot of changes afoot in terms of transportation and mobility um so it's a really exciting really exciting time and i think it'll um a lot of those um technologies and user experiences and use cases will will probably converge
1: I guess you said much earlier about voice technologies, that's going to be a really big part of the future? But the thing is, you've got to make sure you can hear the accents properly.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good point. Voice technology has um, you know um, been on a an upward trajectory since the um, since two thousand and eleven when it made um, the big the kind of big breakthroughs um, and. You know, Alexa and uh, Google Home are probably the two dominant yeah. players as well as HomePod, um, and uh, I think yeah, the nature of machine learning is that there's a lot of work to do, large data sets that need to be, um, that need to be crunched, uh, in order for different types of. Um accents and different types of dialects to be understood, and so I think that's probably one of the things that's a high priority for for many organisations is to ensure that that level of accessibility um is is available to customers.
1: Have you seen a video with this smart lift and the accents?
0: I don't think I. It's have. one
1: where these two, two Scottish guys are in lift and they want to go on the next floor, and they can't get their accent. Yeah. So they're saying basically uh, number number eleven, then they try and talk in a foreign accent or American accent or an English accent. Doesn't come across, and they're shutting out this lift because yeah. it can't go anywhere because it doesn't understand them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: thinking difference. in the long term, you can get some like Danny to Kerry. There are some actions down there or, or something somewhere like that. How are they going to understand it and know that basically what this person's saying?
0: Yeah, no, it's um, it it is a big, it is a big challenge. Um, I think the the some of the improvements I think are probably um obvious even in the last few years. I'm not suggesting that they're um they're accommodating for all the dialects and all the accents and because that's, you know, a very, yeah. it's going to take time um, but I think the accuracy and the speed uh, of response I think certainly has improved um, over the last few years so um, but it's a very exciting, you know, it's the first time that we've ever, technology has ever met us in our natural modality um, prior to this we've always had to have a tool a hold something or uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's a whole new kind of in a way a
1: bit like Star Trek where everything there is voice controlled and you have mm-hmm. like a little tablet with you as well
0: yeah and we saw you know in, in the report it's um, you know parents we were using uh, the the nature of kind of voice assistants in really interesting ways they were um, you know looking to you know broadcast messages to, to their kids throughout the house if they had a few different types of devices um in order to kind of uh, tell them to come down for dinner or um maybe give them some orders and tasks uh from a distance so um it's uh yeah it's it's a really exciting chapter
1: yeah the worst thing is when you when you shut down the wi-fi for them so they're upstairs and they have to go to bed and the wi-fi shuts down yeah. you are loud scream the know the
0: can yeah 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 i think that's you know it's a, a, that control piece around uh safety and um and and privacy is is yeah it's i think that's where some of that comes from in terms of you know health and safety and i suppose giving people the the or uh, younger folks and kids certainly the um the space to you know Bedroom for for sleep in bedrooms and you know and homework and uh, and not necessarily be always on and always connected.
1: Yeah, because remember when I was a kid, none of that was was around. We had computers, but not to we've got them now, and we didn't use them to go actually going around searching and we search, go and play. Whereas now you're stuck in a room with a computer all the time.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know. The, the nature of um, some of the research where we saw where you know parents were concerned about that, that level of usage uh, and so um, I think it's important that brands and organisations are tuned into that and, and are aware that um, that parents are concerned about it and that we need to be designing for that um, yeah. and, and thinking about you know, the different type of research and propositions that we need to be bringing to market with that in mind
1: Because years ago the question was when you were a child when do you get your first car? That was when you get your first mobile phone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's um, uh, the increase in in usage is um, uh, you know you can you can see it everywhere in terms of the nature of consumption, um, the scale of sales and, and uh, units shipped uh, in terms of um, voice assistants, smartphones. You know, it's um, it's kind of peak growth, so um, it's prolific. Uh, it's everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think it's another podcast. No, I don't think so. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Thank you. And have a great day, Claire. Thank Thank you very much. Perfect.